I had suddenly gone from being the healthiest person I knew to having breast cancer, said Christine Hazel during an interview for a breast cancer awareness video produced for BC Cancer. Christine said, I hadn't been a sick a day in my life. I'm the person who never gets a cold, never gets the flu, and that was my perception of myself. Despite her clean bill of health, she went for her mammogram. Her cancer was aggressive, and so was her treatment. And then the onslaught of advice was endless. She was told, eat only meat. No, 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 eat only vegetables. No, try this, try that. Well, in a recent Atlantic Monthly article, Caitlin Flanagan says, laugh and the world laughs with you. Get cancer and the world can't shut its trap. Stop eating sugar. Keep your weight with milkshakes. Listen to a recent story on NPR. Do not read a recent story in Time magazine. Exercise, but not too vigorously. No, exercise hard like Lance Armstrong. Join a support group. Make a collage. Make a collage in a support group. Collage the shit out of your cancer and be positive. On and on goes the advice. But that's after you've been diagnosed. According to Dr. Paula Gordon, one of Canada's leading experts in breast cancer detection and diagnosis and a world expert, she says more importantly, do not put off getting a mammogram. In fact, insist on it and do not miss an appointment, ever. Both Christine and Caitlin went for their mammograms. Both were diagnosed with aggressive forms of cancer and both survived. One of the main reasons they survived was timing. They were diagnosed early enough. British Columbia is a leader in screening. I invited Dr. Paula Gordon to join me for a conversation that matters about everything to do with breast cancer from prevention through to detection. Dr. Gordon, welcome. Thank you. When it comes to you know, where British Columbia ranks in our you know, service to women regarding breast cancer detection. How are we doing here? We're among the best. British Columbia is one of only four provinces where women are allowed to self-refer for a mammogram without needing a doctor's requisition starting at age 40. Most of their provinces start at age 50, which is not good because 17% of cancers occur to women in the 40s. And although breast cancer is less common in younger women, it tends to grow faster because their ovaries are still producing hormones. So we want, if we want to catch those cancers early, we have to screen those women, and ideally we have to screen them frequently. So what is it about the hormone production when breast cancer appears that it seems to accelerate the growth of that tumor? So you, you said it just right. It isn't, the hormones don't cause the breast cancer, but you can think of them as acting as throwing fuel on the fire. So if a woman's unlucky to get a breast cancer, uh, those hormones can sometimes cause it to grow faster. So what about women who are menopausal but are taking hormone treatment therapy then? Are they still yes. in that same cycle even though they're older? Yes, there's, if you take hormones, your breasts don't know that you're menopausal and those hormones uh, can do the same, have the same effect, make a cancer grow faster, especially if it's a so-called hormone responsive cancer. Wow, so how often should a woman get tested? Well, um, ideally, women should get mammograms annually starting at age 40. 
Is we that possible? Uh, British Columbia started out doing that. We did it from the onset of the program in 1988 until, until 2015. In 2015, they changed things and they said the only women who can come every year are women with a mother or sister with breast cancer. And an important point to make here is that 75% of women who get breast cancer have no family history. So those women are not are going to be have the same opportunity for early detection if they're only going every two years. I hope the screening program changes back to annually, especially in the 40s. But as of now, nope. Wow, because Christine Hazel, who I mentioned off the, the top of the introduction, uh, she had no history in her family at all. And she pointed out that she was the healthiest person she knew. Had she not gone for that mammogram when she went, the cancer would have advanced and she said unlikely she would have survived it. Well, especially, I don't know anything about her, but you said yeah. it was an aggressive cancer. It was aggressive, So yeah. uh, cancers are graded according to their level of aggression. And yeah, the aggressive ones you definitely want to find early. So where does breast cancer start? Is it in the, the milk ducts or is it glandular? It can start anywhere. It can even start in the supporting structures of the breast. Um, but, really? but we know that women who have mammograms overall are 40% less likely to die of breast cancer than women who don't have mammograms. And we know that women in the 40s who have mammograms are 44% less likely to die of breast cancer than women who don't. So family history or not, healthy or not, women should go for their mammograms. The, greatest risk factor for getting breast cancer is being female, and the second risk factor is getting older. Hmm. Do we know what the triggers are that bring it on? No, we know, we know that there's some uh, factors that increase a woman's risk. For example, the family history, like you mentioned, does increase a woman's risk, especially if she has one of the breast cancer genes, then she's at very high risk. Uh, another thing that would put a woman at high risk, very high risk, is if she had Hodgkin's lymphoma when she was younger and was treated with radiation to the chest wall. Those women are at a very high risk. But we know that women who start menstruating younger and finish older, in other words, they have a longer lifespan where they're having periods, they're at higher risk than women who have a shorter span. We know that alcohol is related to breast cancer risk. There's no safe threshold. The more alcohol that's consumed, the higher the risk. We know that moderate exercise decreases breast cancer risk. We know that being overweight increases breast cancer risk. So there, those risk factors that on a population basis, we know are associated with increased risk and we tell women, do what you can to reduce your risk. But Following all the rules doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get cancer, so you have to go have those mammograms. So I gotta get you to hang on for a second while we take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. So you mentioned the breast cancer gene. Mm -hmm. How would somebody know whether or not they have it? So uh, generally, one would suspect it if she had multiple first-degree relatives with breast cancer and or ovarian cancer. So if mother and mom's sisters, um, especially if they had the cancers younger or in both breasts, those are the kinds of things that would tip you off uh, that it might be genetic. 
Now, we know, though, there can be families with multiple generations affected by breast cancer who don't have one of the breast cancer genes, and I'm sure we're going to discover mm. more genes uh, than the two we know about now. Right. Are you able to do genetic testing to determine this yet? Yes, but it's very expensive, uh -huh. and so women who um, are thought to have a possibility are referred to the hereditary cancer program at BC Cancer where they study the family pedigree and decide whether the woman should be tested. They would also never test a woman without counseling her in advance as to what the uh, ramifications are of knowing that you have the breast cancer gene. I know. That's like saying I, I know what your life expectancy is going to be or it, you know. Not quite, but if you, hear, <laughs> yeah. if you hear, for example, the women with this gene have an 80% chance of getting breast cancer at some time in their life, that's when you hear the Angelina Jolie story that women choose to have prophylactic mastectomies right? yeah. or go on medication that reduces risk, but the medication has side effects. So right. it's heavy duty. Really is. So, what are the, the early signs? Because, you know, all of us have heard, well, if there's a lump, but it's my understanding that lumps aren't necessarily easy to find and that there are a number of other signs that we need to be aware of. So for women to know um, whether they have any of the signs, they have to know what their normal is. And the term breast self-examination has gone out of favor now that women are being told to be aware of their breasts. But I would argue that you can't notice a change unless you know what your normal is. So I'm, uh, I, I do recommend that women do breast self-exam. And uh, there's a great videos online of how to do it properly. Mm -hmm. But you're looking for any change. It can be not, not even a discrete lump. It can be a thickening, like part of the breast feels firmer than the other stuff. Or even a dimpling. So if you get a breast cancer close to the skin, sometimes it pulls the skin in and you can get an indentation. Uh, sometimes you get inflammatory kinds of changes where the skin gets thick and gets almost puckered where the pores are and we call that uh, peau d'orange, the skin of an orange. It looks like really? orange skin. Uh, sometimes it's discharge from the nipple. Now discharge from the nipple is usually okay and, and not cancer, but if it's bloody discharge and it's coming out all by itself without squeezing, that would be worrisome. Or even if it's clear like water. Um, I'll recommend a really good website for women mm -hmm. to look at. Please it's do. knowyourlemons.org. Know and your they've lemons. got a lovely yeah. illustration of, of an, it's like an egg carton with lemons, uh, each of them showing some of the signs of cancer. The so other thing it's, it's done in a very tasteful manner. Oh yes, and yeah. it's something everybody, I mean, yeah. most people aren't used to examining a breast, but they can look and see what, what to expect. Wow. The other issue we should talk about though, because it is one of the things that mm -hmm. can increase risk, is having dense breasts. Yes. So <laughs> dense breasts are a, one of the variations of normal. That It's normal and common to have dense breasts. It's like having blonde hair compared to dark hair. Okay, what does it mean though? D okay. Dense breast, breast density, I, I'm... This know. is where it would be easier <laughs> if I had pictures to show, but every woman's breast has, you mentioned, ducts and glands, fat, Mm -hmm. And the normal breast tissue on a, on a mammogram looks white, so we call it dense because it blocks x-rays. Fat looks dark gray or even black. And some women are all fatty, some women have a little bit of dense normal tissue, some women have a little more, and then the highest category, we have four categories, is where there's almost no fat and all you see is normal white tissue. And the relevance of that is that on a mammogram, cancer's white. Uh -huh. So in a woman whose breast is completely dark gray or black, 
Even the smallest cancer will be easy to see. But the denser a woman's breast is, the harder it gets to see the cancer to the point where we miss 50% of cancers in the highest category, category D of breast density. But in addition to making it harder to see breast cancer, the double whammy is women who have dense breasts are at a higher risk to get breast cancer. Oh my gosh. So mm. those women in particular should be doing breast self-exam. Go for your mammogram, please. But do breast self-exam because you might find your cancer before it shows up on the mammogram. And this is where British Columbia is way ahead of the pack. How so? Most provinces don't tell women their breast density. And BC wasn't either, but starting in late 2018, thanks to patient advocacy, densebreastcanada.ca, we started telling women their breast density, not just dense or not, but their category, A, B, C, or D. And soon after that, in January 29, the province started saying, women with dense breasts, category C or D, who have a requisition from their doctor, can have a breast ultrasound supplemental screening exam covered by MSP. This is our second break. We'll be back in a moment. How does that help to uh, confirm or you know, negate the fact that the cancer might be there? Breast ultrasound can see cancers that are missed on a mammogram in women with dense breasts. Is that what, uh, what is it, tomosynthesis is? Okay, so tomosynthesis is a, a better, it's a kind of mammogram. It's not done in very many places at all in British Columbia. It's not, it's not done anywhere for screening mammography although ideally it should be, unless there is a randomized trial being conducted um, that's an NIH-funded multi-center trial. So women can sign up to be, it's called the T-MIST study. Okay. And yes, there are, um, there are two centers in Vancouver that are participating in the T-MIST trial. One is at BC Women's and one's at the uh, mammography office on Broadway it's in the 750 West Broadway building. And women can sign up to be in the study. They will be randomized. They might get put in the regular mammogram, 2D mammogram arm, or they might get put in the tomosynthesis. And it, it's a quasi 3D mammogram, which shows more cancers than the 2D mammogram, but also has fewer false alarms than the regular 2D. So it's kind of a winner on both accounts. Well, that brings up an interesting point. How many false alarms are there? And then, you know, is this then the next step to, to try and reduce that uncertainty that can, can come about? So the, the false alarms, we would love there to be no false alarms, but all kinds of things that aren't cancer also show up on mammograms that can make us worry. Cysts, there's a very common, they show yeah. up on a mammogram as a lump. Um, there's a very common non-cancer slump kind of called a fibroadenoma that shows okay. up on a mammogram. and. When we see something that might be cancer, better safe than sorry, we recall the woman, we do extra tests to either rule out or rule in cancer. And the likelihood of being called back is highest on a woman's first mammogram because we have no older ones to compare with. Right. So the callback rate on a first mammogram might be as high as 12%, sometimes even higher. And once a woman's had that first mammogram, it drops. But any time a woman could be recalled, and we want women to know that when you get called back, it doesn't mean you have cancer. 95% of the people we call back don't have cancer. But when we do call them back and find a cancer, 
we want it to be really early. Mm -hmm. So most of us are in the better safe than sorry thinking mode. There's a whole host of people, especially younger women who are, they've probably heard a number of stories about mammogram, what the process is like. Can you explain what it's like? Sure. Because my understanding is that it's not particularly comfortable. It is not comfortable and it shouldn't be. But the discomfort is only for a few seconds. So the technologist will position the woman's breast and they're going to pull her as far into the machine as they can because we don't want to miss any of the tissue at the back of the breast. Mm -hmm. And then gently apply the compression to the point that it's enough. They can tell by how taut the breast feels when they push on it from the side. If a woman gets to the point where she can't tolerate anymore, she just says, stop, that's all I can tolerate. And then the technologist runs behind the panel, pushes a button, and as soon as the exposure is made, the compression releases. Is it an x-ray? It is a low dose x-ray, yes. Okay, and... Uh, Safe dose, very low, yes. And how quickly can you analyze what that image tells you? Well, I mean, it takes a couple of seconds for the image to get to the workstation, but in fact, when women for, for, go for screening, we don't look at the pictures while they're there. We batch read them, typically oh. evenings and weekends. <laughs> and um, if anything more is ne needed, they'll be, re they'll be phoned. They'll get a phone call to come in for more pictures. Sometimes it's one more mammogram picture. Sometimes it's an ultrasound. A very small number of people who are recalled will need a needle biopsy. Mm -hmm. If the lump still is of some concern, reasonable concern, um, even small concern, a needle biopsy, it sounds horrible. Most women say the whole thing hurts less than a blood test from the arm. We give freezing medicine, which stings for a few seconds, and once that freezing is in, all they're gonna feel is dull pressure. Don't feel the needle, don't feel pain. Well, you're taking a, a sample of, yes. of what appears to be a cancerous lump. Could potentially be a cancerous lump. Could, we, we could even, potentially, yeah. We even grade those. When we, when we say the woman needs a biopsy, um, there's four categories. So the lowest category in which we'd recommend a biopsy, we think the likelihood of cancer is between 2 and 10%. Okay. And the highest categories higher than 95%. Yeah, but even if you hear it's like, you know, less the, between 2 and 10%, do not put off getting that biopsy. Oh gosh, no. No, yeah. no, no, no. So it's it's vitally important. And how important is it that in, you know, the life of the cancer that you get detection as early as possible? Oh, that's a hard question because there's some cancers that grow relatively slowly and if it, if, well, even from the time we make the diagnosis till the time a woman can have her surgery is a couple of months mm -hmm. most of the time. No big deal. The aggressive, rapidly growing cancers, yeah, you want to do something quickly. And if a cancer is already big, some women even have chemotherapy before they have their surgery to shrink it. So if a woman has a great big cancer, she can't have a lumpectomy. She, mm -hmm. she would need a mastectomy, but sometimes with the uh, chemotherapy that's given before the surgery, they can shrink it enough that she is a good candidate for the lumpectomy. Third and final break. We'll be right back. Oh, okay. So we still, we still want to find it early, and even with all the great therapies we have out there now, we know that the survival is best when we find the cancers early. Not guaranteed though, is it? No, no. Yeah. But the, your odds are 
dramatically different if and you've we're waited. learning all the time there's new therapies there's new drugs but at the end of the day we still want to find it early so you you talked about you know over 40 what happens if you're under 40 and you have these same concerns and you want to get tested, do you have access? Well, first of all, if you're under 40 and you have a strong family history, let's say mom got breast cancer at age 40, we would want to start her at age 30. 10 years younger, but not younger than 30. Mm -hmm. If you're under 30 and, uh, sorry, under 40 and you notice a lump, we're going to investigate. Mm -hmm. Now, um, this is something women need to, don't, do not let anybody tell you, oh, don't worry about it, you're too young to get cancer. <sighs> and that happens sometimes. But it's fair enough if a woman um, is younger and she notices the lump in her periods, you know, she's expecting her period in the next few days or week. Wait till after your period and see if it goes away. But if not, you go to the doctor. We'll probably start with an ultrasound in a younger woman, but could, if we see anything we're concerned about, then yep, we jump right, right into the mammogram and so on. And uh, women, there's no, you're never too young to get right. breast Yes, it's less common, but you're not too young. And especially if you're young, we want to find it early because of your hormones that are making it grow faster. Right. Same thing with older women. Our screening program lets women self-refer to 74. Well, does that mean at 75, it's not worth finding a cancer <laughs> early? Of course not. 75 is the new 55. Right. Um, and so women uh, over the age of 74, in British Columbia, it might have gone up to 80 now, forgive me for not knowing that detail, um, might need a doctor's requisition. And the only purpose of the doctor's requisition is so that woman will have a conversation with her doctor uh, to put it in perspective with the rest of her health. For example, if a woman is very ill with another problem, let's say she's got a, a different cancer, if a woman doesn't have a life expectancy of about 10 years, the other thing's going to get get her sooner, her heart disease, her other cancer, whatever. Right. But, but if a woman's in good health, uh, the average life expectancy for a 75-year-old, according to Statistics Canada, is 13 years. And they say the older you are, the, the, old, the older you'll get. The average life expectancy for a 70-year-old is 80. So most women should probably continue having mammograms until then, because if we do find something small, Nobody's going to give an elderly woman chemo, but she might be able to have that lumpectomy with local anesthetic. Just quick in and out daycare procedure. Better to get it then than to let it grow and fester. The overarching message here is get mammograms, get them regularly, uh, because they are your first step in uh, prevent, well, detection. Yes, it? and if yeah. I can take it one step further, and when you have that mammogram, find out what your breast density is. And if you have dense breasts, do your breast self-exams a little bit more diligently and get the supplemental ultrasound exam. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing this very important and valuable information. Thanks for having me. My pleasure.